Dating Coach for Smart, Strong, Successful Women and your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You Podcast where you will learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. And today we are talking about understanding the male dating timetable. Um, uh, this is something I put a lot of thought into. Uh, and like everything I say, it's not that it is inherently true. Um, these are observations I've made over many years that explain what we observe. It's not justifying, it's just, here's what you see, here's what I see. How do we make sense of this when women and men often want to move their relationship at different paces? So there's how fast you go, there's how fast you want to go, there's how fast he wants to go, and then, completely separately, there's how fast it's ideal to go. So you can see how those timelines are not all going to add up. I can only imagine, been on the planet for long enough, you've gone out with a guy who pretty much wanted to propose to you on the first date, right? So somewhat objectively, it, it's flattering, but mostly creepy, unless you're really, you're really attracted to him, which becomes very exciting for the most part when a guy's all in on you after a half hour. It's too much too soon. Um, so that doesn't mean you want a, a guy who plays hard to get, but you can't catch up emotionally to some guy who puts you on a pedestal without even getting to know you. And I know this. I've, I've, I've done that way too many times, uh, mostly in my 20s. So you feel pretty strongly that any, any guy who comes on too strongly is going to push you away. And you're right. He will. Hold that thought. Now... You're dating a guy for nine months, and you want to know whether he's going to marry you. You don't, get, you don't want to get hurt. You don't want to waste time. You know you want to marry him, and you should expect you expect that he should know that he wants to marry you as well. So whether you like it or not, believe it or not, this is the same situation played out in reverse. Now, obviously, it seems a little more over the top for a stranger to be gaga about you on a first date than for you to want to know where your relationship is going after nine months. But in both situations, one party feels more strongly than the other and puts pressure on the other to figure out their feelings. In both situations, the more pressure that's put on to make a decision, the less attractive that person becomes and the more likely that he or she will pull away. The common denominator, the party putting the pressure on loses sight of the big picture, which is that in any relationship, it takes two to tango. So this isn't a matter of one's personal feelings on the matter. If a man constantly pressures a woman to have sex, for example, or commit to him before you're ready, guys are going to spend a lot of time alone. He's tone deaf to your needs and your pace. Similarly, whether you like it or not, if you're constantly pressuring boyfriends to figure out if they're going to become your husband, all your well-intentioned efforts to uh, not get hurt will end up backfiring. They're actually going to push your guy away. Dale Carnegie, author of How to Win Friends and Influence People, he said it best. People don't want to be sold. They want to choose to buy it's why we don't like pushy car salesmen. It's why you don't like overly aggressive men. It's why men don't prefer women who act too weak and needy. So you could very reasonably listen to me right now and wonder 
how can I equate men and women when one one is we're talking about men pushing for sex, right? And the other one's pushing for a ring after a year. Let's remove gender, because the point isn't about gender. There are because we can flip this around. There are women who want uh, a commitment after some great first date, and they flip out if a guy is, is still has an active profile after a great first date. And there are men out there who really want to get married to women who aren't ready for a commitment. So my only point in turning this into its own podcast is to understand normal, healthy dating timetables and help you make informed decisions that are more likely to lead to a positive outcome. So like everything we do, we could see it in a, in a big bell curve, right? Uh, you know, 80% of people are in the middle of that bell somewhere, and then there's 10% on each side, and they're kind of outliers. So this is not to say that there isn't such thing as a couple that dates for 10 years and gets married, but that's not that normal. Nor is it normal to uh, get engaged in six months. Those are opposite sides of the bell curve. We're looking for what works best. Why, why does it work best? What is most common? What's most likely to lead to you having a happy marriage? So when you meet a stranger, there are generally three paths you can take. Number one, hop into bed fast and keep your fingers crossed that he wants to date you. Number two, dive into a relationship fast spend the first month of your committed relationship discovering if you actually like each other. So you could have a boyfriend in a week, but you don't really know if he's, if, if he's boyfriend material. You just know you're really excited about him and you're both willing to commit to each other. Right, so there's hopping into bed fast, there's diving into relationship fast, and then there's number three, the one I recommend, not surprisingly, date for four to six weeks, go around the bases slowly, and determine together whether it's wise to start an exclusive sexual relationship with the label boyfriend-girlfriend. So why four to six weeks? Well, because two to three weeks is generally too short. You don't really know each other. And when you're getting to three months, 12 weeks, whatever, past that, it's a good indicator that one of you is stalling because you're not that into it or you're emotionally available. Right? If two people really like each other, things are going to sort of ramp up organically. So don't pay too much attention to the exact numbers, because right? as I said, this is more philosophy than science. The same way when I talk about online dating and the 222 rule, it, it's not about two emails on Match and two emails on Gmail and two phone calls. It's about the pace and the progression of things. Right? If a guy expects you to commit in two dates, there's a problem. And you need to slow him down, keep him encouraged, and show him how to court you in a more moderate fashion. If you've been dating a guy for 10 weeks and he's not your boyfriend yet, there's likely a problem. He's not properly motivated to escalate things, claim you and take you off the market. If you've been dating a guy for a year and he's never once mentioned a future, there's a problem. Men who want to get married or have kids, Talk about getting married and having kids. If you've been dating a guy for four years and he hasn't proposed, there's a problem. Men usually propose within two to three years. So I can understand, I'm doing this long enough to hear women, you know, the blowback, two to three years. I don't want to wait two to three years. 
this is, again, this is not about me. I'm just the messenger here. Guess what? People who get married after three years have a 38% lower divorce rate than people who get married in less than a year. So many people, and that's a fact. I know facts don't mean anything emotions are involved, but then the facts. So many people, especially middle-aged ones who've been around the block, think they know better. I'm experienced. I've been around the block. I know what I want. I'm getting older. Life is short. We got to do this now. Uh-uh. Slow down. Two-thirds of second marriages end in divorce. Three-quarters of third marriages end in divorce. Evidently, lots of people think they're the exception to the rule, that they're older and wiser. Should not. So, one of my favorite simple metaphors, and I got a lot of them, is this. When you're driving 90 miles an hour on the freeway, you're bound to miss your exit. That describes what it's like to be in a relationship as well. Slow and steady wins the race. Right, so if you're looking for just bullet points to write down, put on a post-it note on your desk, don't have sex until your boyfriend, girlfriend. Wait four to six weeks before your boyfriend, girlfriend. Wait 18 months before you move in together. Wait another six months to get engaged after you move in together. And wait another six months after you get engaged before you get married. By the time you're done, you will have gone through all the phases of the relationship life cycle. You will have done so in organic fashion, spent three years together, lost some of the initial excitement and chemistry, and you will have seen what it really feels like to be part of a couple instead of racing to the altar with someone that you love just because it's been a year and you're afraid it's going to end. People who get married in a year may get lucky. They do, happens broken clock, but it's really just that. It's luck. So if you heard this podcast and you ignore these rules and you push fast for a commitment, you're very likely either pushing your man away because he wants to be able to choose you on his own reasonable timetable, or you may end up married to a person who changes considerably after you get a ring on your finger. Slow down. Get to know your partner better, and then you can confidently make a decision that you will never regret. Thank you for joining me on today's Love You podcast. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Next week, I'm doing a live Q&A on how to overcome rejection and find love. You do not want to miss it. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. And best of all, I give away the most free dating and relationship advice on evanmarkkatz.com. Go to the website, take my quiz about your number one relationship challenge, and I will help you get the love you deserve. See you again next week on the Love You Podcast.